Welcome to the Sheila Palmer Extractive Podcast. Today, my guest is uh, Dr. Kesia Maun. Dr. Maun is a public health physician working for the government of Ghana in Accra. She works in the Ministry of Health and heads the Ghana Malaria Control Program. Kesia, welcome to the Sheila Palmer Extractive Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me, especially given how busy you are. Thank you very much, Sheila, for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about the work that we do. I thought we should start by you just giving uh, the listeners a sense of your role in the AGM Malaria uh, program. Okay, so um, like you said, I'm the program manager for the National Malaria Control Program. I work in the government institution and basically my the program the government is responsible for developing the guidelines developing the strategic plans and developing um, the needed partnership and coordinating it for the control of malaria in the country so in terms of the work that we do with agamal um, malaria control program which i currently head is the one that coordinated all the strategic plans that we, we've been working with, through which Agamal, um, I mean, then Agamal also tapped into that strategic plan and developed their own program. What we also did is to work with Agamal um, to write the grant, global fund grants for the country for malaria, which um, provide the resources um, that Agamal use in the implementation. Um, each, after the resources come in, we also actually work with Agamal through coordinating committees to help address issues that come up to um, sort of oversee the work that Agamal does to ensure that we are all moving together towards the main country goal of reducing morbidity and mortality due to malaria. I understand. So basically, you have both a partnership role, but also you have a facilitating uh, role. Uh, and also you have a, I suppose, a coordinating role to make sure that the company and other partners implement these programs in a way that is consistent with the wishes of the government of Ghana in the short and the long term. Yes, Sheila. Okay. So, um, this is uh, a, obviously a fairly su- successful partnership and uh, has also passed the test of time. But I suppose it, 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 when we first started, it wasn't always clear that uh, more than 10 years later, uh, the program would still be around. So I wanted to ask you, what were some of the things that in the view of the government of Ghana were considered beneficial in forming such a partnership in the first instance? Um, So I think the the main reason why we we thought the partnership will be beneficial for which we went ahead was the ability of the work that Agamal was going to do the, the ability for that work to give us the results that we wanted in terms of malaria control. So what Agamal did was to start its own project 
and show the results of the work that they they did. So that that act acted as um, an advocacy tool to show us that we can get good results by doing indoor residual spraying. And Agamal had been able, the one who was at that time was Anglo Gold Ashanti, had been able to do it and show results. So they are better place to partner with us to give us those results. And so that's, that's what um, encouraged us to go for that partnership. Are there today uh, other partnerships of a similar nature with other mining companies or is this uh, AGA malaria program unique in that respect? So AGA malaria program is quite unique 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 in the sense that you know um Agamal is work is not limited to where its mines are so that's what makes it unique Agamal is working in areas where they don't have mines at all so they are working in the whole of upper west region which is one full region with about um 13 districts and also additional districts in Upper East, another district. This is beyond where their traditional mines are. So that's what makes it unique. So it's like a public health um, good with resources from Agamal and then Global Fund. We have a few other mining institutions and private companies who um, also collaborate with us too to um, do some vector control interventions, but it's not on that large scale. They usually work within communities around them. And so I imagine that whenever a government or a company or even a donor undertakes a program like this, which requires going into people's homes, uh, knowing who lives where, having some kind of basic appreciation of the demographics uh, that, you know, getting that sort of information from people directly might be difficult. What has been the experience of uh, the program with respect to these kind of uh, challenges? So the experience um, has been that if you do a proper engagement with the community, if you mobilize the engagement, the community will. For them to understand why you have to come into their homes usually working with their community leaders and people who they are familiar with then you are able to surmount that challenge and they'll open their homes to you and um, let you come and do what you have to do and that, that continuous engagement because sometimes as you start things may crop up but that continuous engagement for them for you to hear their issues, for you they to understand you is, is a good way of making sure that you're able to sustain that relationship to um, be able to do the work that has to be done. Do you think then when you reflect on the fact that, as you rightly say, uh, it has, it's, it's first of all quite unique, it goes beyond their the own mining and commercial footprint, but also they've had lessons in engaging and successfully building partnerships with community leaders and others. 
Do you think that uh, the AGA malaria experience might serve as a blueprint for other public partnerships between the government of Ghana and other companies tackling other public health challenges? Yes, certainly it can serve as, as, as um, an example of something that other companies can, can emulate. And in fact, Agamal is even working with us to try and bring other companies to partner um, well using themselves as examples. So um, yes, it's something that we can look at and use it to encourage other companies to come on board in the fight against malaria or diseases as a whole. And, and so talking about uh, diseases as a whole, we have of course now the challenge of the COVID-19 pandemic. Based on uh, your role at the center of uh, the uh, you know, health practice in the ministry, how much of what we have learned uh, from the design and the implementation of the AGA malaria program, do you think has uh, usefulness in managing the current pandemic? I think um, if I remember very well, so like I said, I'm in charge of ma malaria, but I supported with the fight with, um, of COVID and all hands were on deck. So if I remember very well, AGE actually um, came to board and helped with the uh, disinfection of the, the facilities in their, their communities that they are working, disinfection of the hospitals, um, continuously um, throughout the outbreak as, as a private sector entity to show what they can do to support the entire, entire fight. So that's what AGA did um, in this fight for malaria, COVID. So the, it, it's sometimes quite difficult, isn't it, when we start a program like this and then it succeeds. One always wonders uh, what lies beyond today. In other words, how do we make sure that these programs are, are sustainable beyond, say, the presence of malaria? Uh, the company. Are there, as part of the planning and the long-term strategy, is there any thinking about how uh, that change of guard might take place where the government in incrementally is less dependent on AGA malaria to implement? Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think we've thought of it about being dependent on AGA malaria to implement it. We see it as a partnership where they depend on us for something and we also depend on them for something for the people of my country. We haven't had discussions in terms of um, changing that partnership, but what you should understand is the people doing the work live in the country. They may be working under Agamal. In fact, some of the short-term staff that they use for the operations um, live in the community. So it's, it's a matter of documenting um, how it is done, which has been done. 
showing data that it works so that it can be an advocacy tool and getting the expertise and thankfully because the expertise is in country it's always easy or easier to be able to transition to any any group of people if it becomes necessary the key thing is having the resources for continuing the work Mm. This, the, there's two things you've said, which I think are very important and uh, fairly uh, insightful. The first is not seeing it as a, a relationship of dependency, but rather of partnership. Uh, the second is that having a blueprint, which is flexible enough that if, for instance, for whatever reason, uh, AGA, the company is not available, that it's a question simple of looking elsewhere for similar resources but the, what that matters is that you've captured the intellectual property and and that there is institutional memory uh, in, in that can then be used to address and continue the program do you see therefore the current program and the historic knowledge do you see it as being unique to the malaria space, or do you see some of the experiences as have bearing beyond uh, malaria? In other words, you know, aspects that are generic to public health rather than that are unique to the particular uh, type of disease. I, I guess some of the issues are generic in the terms of, in terms of how you manage your partnership working through planning implementation and evaluation so it's it's those ones that are generous yes some there may be some specific nuances to malaria disease but by and large i think that the, the issues around the partnership and getting results are, are quite generic uh, on the 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 subject of um a partnering when you again reflect on the structure of the partnerships, what were some of the things that you think were perhaps problematic uh, and what the lessons are for perhaps constructing other partnerships with other partners in future? I, I think that the, one of the challenges that we faced was Agamor coming from the private sector and the notion that the private sector is only interested in profit. So um, there, there were things you needed to get for them to function, like getting tax waivers um, of the commodities that they need to bring. And that always faced a challenge because on the face of the sheet, when such um, a request goes to the Ministry of Health, the first question is, this is a profit-making company. Why are we giving them a tax waiver? So you needed to explain and get the understanding for them to see that that aspect of this work agama even though it's coming from anglo ashanti it's not a profit making um facility but with time so those those that was one particular challenge with time they've come to appreciate and understand the work that agama does so it gets easier each time we need to request for any um waiver yeah it's 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 interesting what you're saying because um i've I've had experiences elsewhere with uh you know tax rebate 
to companies for purposes of these sort of public goods. And in this particular instance was education. Uh, and, and one of the things that I uh, noticed, and, and that might be uh, perhaps a, a lesson for this program, is that because the tax exemption is done on a transaction by transaction basis, uh, the taxman sees it exactly to your point as an exception to the rule. But if there is in effect a law that says companies that do X and Y qualify for tax exemption, that way you as uh, the program manager doesn't have to make a case every time you submit because you are essentially, as you're saying, asking them for an exemption. And, and I wonder what your views might be on that, saying, look, we have, we know we're always going to be limited with public resources. We are an emerging market country. We know that public health uh, will always be here. It's just the order of magnitude. So how about we have a law that says, if companies do X and invest a minimum of so much in this, then they are tax exempt. Uh, would that kind of uh, general dispensation be helpful to you in terms of being able to generate resources and get partners to come on board? I, 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 I think so. I think that will encourage um, partners to come on board, but that's quite a dicey um, issue because um, you, making sure that the partners are doing what you expect of them to get that um, waiver is will, will be how do will be the main issue. How do we ensure that they are doing the right thing as we want them to do, and it's not being abused? But if it's done, systems that are put in place to make sure that it works, I think that will be helpful to us. Yeah, I think you are right about that because it's one thing as always, isn't it, to have laws. It's another for people to then take advantage of them because yes. otherwise if, if you have a law, it can be seen as carte blanche and then you plant thoughts in uh, people's minds which otherwise would not normally be entertained. Uh, but if you then put the burden on them to first do the right thing and then make a case and prove it, then that way I guess the state is protect, protected against potential abuse. The, the flip side of that is if people don't know that they can uh, make this expenditure and benefit the public and then uh, claim taxes that they may not come forward. So I guess it's, as with everything, a case of striking uh, the, a balance. I know that uh, uh, sometimes ago, your Nigerian counterparts came to Ghana to look at the program and get a, an understanding of how it runs so that they could uh, see if they can adapt it. Has there been any, uh, shall we say, engagement beyond that between yourselves and other colleagues in the ECOWAS region? No, no, there hasn't been any engagement beyond that. Um, well, that is it for now, uh, Dr. Maun. I appreciate your taking the time to speak with me once again, and I wish you well uh, with the program and hope that the partnership uh, grows from strength to strength. Thank you for your time.
Thank you, Sheila, too, for your time. And thank you for this opportunity to share our experiences on your podcast.